Welcome to the Run for God podcast, the 5K Challenge, a 12-week journey from the couch to the 5K finish line. So they say that a habit forms after about 30 days. You've been in this now for eight weeks. Hi, I'm Ted, and welcome back for week number eight of the Run for God Challenge. And you know what? This is a big one here. This is the week we're going to transition from running to walking, to run walk from a run walk program to just a run program. I'm telling you, it's going to be epic. You should be following along in your book right now, journaling all that you're doing along the way. And if you still need materials, don't forget you can find them at runforgod.com. Okay, so are you worried about how fast or maybe how slow, in my case, you're running? Well, in today's podcast, it's especially for you. The title of today's material, When a 5-Minute Mile Equals a 15-Minute Mile. As always, I'm joined by the experts here, Run For God founder Mitchell Hollis and the Run For God, ooh, he has a title this one, Ambassador. <laughs> Ambassador Dean Thompson, how about that? And also a special guest with us today, and I'll tell you, I've met this young lady many, many times, and she really does embody the spirit of the Run For God perfectly. Uh, she was a part of Mitchell's very first class, and today... She's part of the Run for God crew, too. And so she's going to tell you that she's not a fast runner, but you know what? She's also going to tell you that doesn't matter. Most importantly, as I mentioned, she's got a heart to see other people overcome difficulty ob- difficult obstacles, difficulties, and share that love of Christ with anybody she comes in contact with. So the rose between the thorns here, I guess you'd say, is Gay Coker. Morning, Gay. Good morning. Or good afternoon, whichever yes. it is. <laughs> yeah. So before we get to the 15-mile and gave story, Mitchell, what's the story for this week? Well, today's story is it's kind of a unique title, uh, but it's called Concerto Number no. 55. The music I believe that would be Concerto. Concerto. Is it concerto? Concerto. Okay, if you're well, in the music in, in, in the music. south, it's concerto. Exactly. Uh, exactly. <laughs> um, but this story comes from the state of Minnesota, and it was written by a gentleman by the name of Dave Nosland. And uh, you know, many times we put music and running together because a a lot of people listen to music as they, as they run. But Dave talks about a a different kind of music in this story. So he's not really talking about the J Radio app that we have. Well, you know, he he may listen to J Radio, but in the story, he's running down Main Street, so we. We hope he's not listening to any music. Uh, hopefully he's listening to what's going on around him. Anyway, as the story unfolds, he finds that God is, is not really placing any prayers or promptings or new ideas or, or insight in his head like he usually does. So that's pretty usual for him. Well, yes. Normally his runs are filled with lots of thoughts and ideas and prayers, but, but not on this particular day. Um, he describes how he was, he was looking for something from God as he ran, but... Nothing was there. I don't know about you, but that happens to me a lot. You yeah, know, sometimes yeah, you're, we're looking for God to tell us something, and he's, he's silent. Um, then he runs to the other side of the street, the, the side that he doesn't typically run on, and one word filled his head as he crossed the street, and the word was observe. Hmm. He talks about how he realized that he does a lot of talking but not enough listening. Wow. Um, my wife tells me that sometimes. Yeah, I hear it too. <laughs> uh, and the change in his, his normal routine was intriguing to him. So he, be, he began to do exactly what God co- told him to do, and that was observe, just listen. And, and he begins to describe the way that God created the world to change at the end of summer going into fall. He describes the way the air feels and the color of fall seasons begins to show. And in Minnesota, that's a significant change, isn't it? Is it really? For, for <laughs> sure, for sure. He also begins to, to hear the birds sing. 
but the bird is hidden behind the fall colors in the trees. He notices how when one bird would stop singing, then another one that was hidden would pick up that same tune. Hmm. As he crests the hill, he notices how the the wind howled and, and whistled through the trees. He notices things like a small group of birch trees that still had bright yellow leaves and how the leaves danced in the wind. And, and you can pick up on what I'm doing here or, yeah. or what Dave is doing here. He's, he's painting a picture for us. Then across the street, he sees some trees that have, have completely lost their leaves. And, and the bare branches, he says, looks almost as if they're, they're lifting their arms to the sky, praising God. And as he makes his way down the, the hill and crossed a bridge, he heard the water from the river as it flowed under him. Um, falling leaves were crossing his sight and dancing like ballerinas as they fell to the ground. This is how he describes it. As one leaf hit the ground, another would take up the dance. Um, and his feet began to pick up rhythm of the music that he could hear of the crunching leaves falling beneath his feet. It was a rhythmic tap dance. And he realized that God was giving him an awesome concert. <laughs> um, he praised God for the things that he had shown him, and, and all from one word, that God prompted him with was observe. Um, And and he got home, and and the show continued as he closed his eyes in his backyard. He actually laid down on the ground to to cool down in the warmth of the sun, and and the wind died down, and he could hear a single bird singing. It was as as in tune as—it wasn't as in tune as the others, but it was louder. And Dave thought about Psalms 100. This is actually the very first chapter— that I ever learned to memorize. Really? And it was make a joyful noise to the Lord. Uh, and that bird, he says, was definitely making the joyful noise. <laughs> so what was it that Dave said that he learned from all of this run? Did he say? Well, he talked about three points, and it's, it's three points that we can all definitely learn something from. First, he talks about how unique God's creation is and how he wants to make sure he understands how God wants him to fit in that unique picture. And, and a lot of times that's something we miss in our day-to-day business. Second, he talks about exactly what I just said. He talks about how he feels he misses things from day-to-day because he's so busy making sure he follows his agenda for the day rather than what God's trying to show him. And, and he wants to listen enough to make sure that he's following God's agenda and not just attaching God's name to his own agenda. That's that's oh, what we typically gosh. do. We we set out to do something, and yeah. we want God to bless it. I can't tell you how many times I've run ahead, run ahead, blazing a trail, and then I say, oh, hey, God, will you come here and bless this trail? Exactly. And God's like, it's so much easier <laughs> yeah. if you follow my trail. But just we all do that. Slow though. down and observe, yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, it's definitely tough to slow down and, and to find out what God's agenda is for us. It's, it's hard in our society to slow down, but many times that's, that's what God's calling us to do. And then third, he talks about not letting his daily time in prayer and God's word become a routine. And yeah. gosh, I mean, this one really spoke to me. I, I do my prayer time and, and quiet time early in the mornings, and too many times it, it does. It becomes a routine. Uh, where we, we make it through that time, and, and we look back and we say, what did we actually just read? Sure. Um, and sometimes God just says, slow down, observe. Um, you know, Mitchell, I just had a discussion with a young lady this morning that, that runs on my team about that very thing and that how um, the, those routine things, though, sometimes are important, right? It's right. important to push through some of those routine things because you never get the blessing unless you, you make it a habit, just as Ted started this whole thing off with was, yeah. was habit. Um, and when we, when we do that, it becomes something special. 
You know, that reminds me of the scripture that Dave shared. He said, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. And in all your ways, acknowledge him. And what? He will direct your path. Yeah, Ted. I mean, if we could just follow that one simple passage, it would make all the difference in our lives. And and Dave poses this question. He says, what part of our lives or our day is God prompting us to observe, listen, and be more perceptive? And I know with me, that's that's a lot. Yeah, that's a great question. And one definitely worth some introspection. So when I run, I love to hear music. Usually upbeat, positive, driven music. So many beats per minute. And guess what? I find it at jradio.com. Come join me. Download it from your app store or at jradio.com. You can have the best music right there as you're on your run. jradio.com. Okay, so it's time to talk with Gay and Dean about when a five-minute mile equals a 15-minute mile. Now, I've been told this all my life. I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer or the most brightest crayon in the coloring box, Dean, but five doesn't equal 15, does it? Well, it depends on your perspective, and I think today we're going to show that five can equal 15. Well, as we said up top, Gay Coker is here with us, and we're going to hear two completely different perspectives. We've already indicated in previous weeks what kind of a runner Dean is. He never stops. He never misses a day. But, Gay, why don't you tell everybody who you are and how it was that you got tangled up with these couple of guys? Well, Ted, I was in that very first Run for God class that Mitchell taught 10 years ago when he began this ministry. I was one of those who wasn't real sure that I could do it. And if it weren't for Mitchell and other encouragers telling me over and over again that I could do it, you know, I don't know if I would have made it through to the end. But I was a high school teacher at the time, and I was pretty close to retiring. And, you know, one thing led to another. Mitchell said, you know, why don't you retire? Why don't you come and work with us at Run for God? We need some help. So it was time. I retired. And, you know, I've discovered this is pretty much my favorite thing to do. I loved teaching, but I love working with this ministry. Well, aside from my salvation, of course, and marrying this wonderful man and having my children, you know, I, I was a home economics teacher, and, and I loved going to work every day. Same with Run for God. You know, that first 20 minutes has turned into hundreds of 5Ks, 10Ks, 15Ks, and eight half marathons. Get out of town. So so do you and Dean run together then, go on training runs together? (laughs) Hardly. I don't think I could keep up with Dean for 10 yards. (laughs) You know, I was so slow in that first run for a God class, and I still run today, and I'm still very, very slow. I don't get to see guys like Dean when I run a race. I see them... You know, maybe before the race and after the race, after they've already changed their clothes. Yeah, taking a shower and gone down and got something to eat at the restaurant. That's how I am, too, (laughs) Gay, for sure. Well, it's safe to say that you're one of the people who finishes near the back of the pack in the race? Well, you may be a little generous there. (laughs) Ted, I I don't know if I'm near any packs, but I'm definitely near the back. Gotcha. So, Dean, we talked a little bit about you here recently, and we know where Gay stands now. 
We know that you're faster than a lot of people, but fast can be a relative term, can it? How fast are, would you say you are? It's definitely relative. You know, if you're comparing me to Olympians, I'm pretty slow. Uh, but if you're comparing me to the average local runners, then I'm pretty fast. And you're exactly right. Um, that it, It's so relative. For anyone listening that has an idea of what it means, as a 54-year-old, I, I can still run a sub-18-minute 5K. I'm slowing down as I age, but um, there's still not a ton of people faster. So I still get a chance to run up there near the front. I guess in relative terms, I probably finish in the top 10% okay. of almost every race that I run. Um, and Gay? But in contrast, would probably be one of those who would finish in the bottom 10% most of the races that she would run. Um, I guess what, what we're trying to say is we just want everybody to understand just how different we are as runners because um, we want to compare or we want to contrast, and then we want to compare. So, um, Gay, when you were training for a half marathon, how many miles a week did you run? Probably about 15 <laughs> miles a week. Right. And, and so I'll run 60 miles a week to train for a 5K. Uh, and there's nothing wrong with either of those. Uh, they're, they're two completely different perspectives, but here's the key. We are both runners, regardless of what anybody says, we are both runners and people who don't know any better will sometimes make comments about whether or not you're a runner. Um, and you've heard some of that, haven't you? Yes, I certainly have. Uh, when I, when I first started, uh, in this class, you know, I, um, I was not fast, at all i never have pretended to be fast and that's something that really hasn't uh it's not one of my desires i I don't care to be faster i just know i'm out there running and i had a lady say to me one day as i told her i was about to go get my run run training in she said well you're not really running she had seen me quite Mm -hmm. often running and you know i was taken aback I, i i i wanted to say yes i am Yes, I am a runner, and and I have uh, since then realized people just don't understand that I am a runner. No matter how slow I am, I'm doing what I want to do and getting the results that I want to get. Let me ask you this question, Gay. How, how does it feel for you to run? Well, you know, I don't I don't wear earbuds or or listen to music while I run. I'm like Dave. I'll, I'll listen to the, to nature. You know, I love hearing the frogs and the birds and the cows. Uh, can you tell I run out in the country? Um, I've gotten so many messages from God as I run. And I, you know, I sing his praises with every single step that I take. And what's interesting is, and again, drawing this comparison, it's the same for me. Mm-hmm. I feel just the same way mm-hmm. when I run. Uh, we may be on two opposite ends of the spectrum, but we but we feel the same. Um, and I remember I, I remember times when um, well I never really paid attention to the folks that were further toward the back of the race. But you know races don't get put on for the people who are up front. If you think about it, you go to the local road race and there if there's 200 people there, well there's there's 10 that are going to be fast, <laughs> and there's there's a whole this whole big group of people in the middle. And those are the ones that are important, uh, because if there weren't for them, they wouldn't put a race on for 10 people. They, they put the race on for the hundreds. And so uh, we're all so important to, to that. And that makes both of you just as important, right? It does. It does. So I've known Mitchell Hollis for a long time. 
I met him when he first got started that very first year with the Run for God ministry. I had heard of his story of how he was a construction worker and how God had spoken to him through one of his church members and then through his pastor and others. Well, if you would like to hear that story from Mitchell himself, you can see his video of him sharing that story at comeonletsgo.com. Hey, you'll also find a whole bunch of other videos of hope and encouragement. Comeonletsgo.com. So it sounds like what you're saying is that a runner is a runner, really. Yeah, I think that's the best way to put it, Ted. And that's when a five-minute mile equals a 15-minute mile because we really are all the same. All runners have similar thoughts. Uh, And an example that I would use is, you know, somebody who's in in the back of the pack may be worried about whether or not they're going to finish a race, and there's so there's some anxiety in them. Well, the guys at the front of the race, their anxieties may not be, am I going to finish the race? But they have other anxieties, and their anxiety may be, am I going to beat that that rival that that I'm, I'm racing today? Or, but they're there, there are there are pressures and there are there are thoughts that are very very similar from one runner to another, regardless of how fast they are. Um, as a runner. Um, I can relate to any other runner. When I run a PR, I probably feel pretty much the same way as Gay feels when Gay runs a PR. Gay, how do you look at guys like Dean? They're really fast. I will never forget the first time I saw Dean Thompson. You know, the two ladies that I trained with and became best friends with through Run for God, uh, we were all running down a main sidewalk road, and this guy comes running past us really fast and from behind and you know, he was incredibly fast, and he flew around us, and uh, Tammy knew Dean, and she told us about him, and uh, Kim and Tammy and I decided that, you know, we really admired this guy. You know, we really thought, you know, he, he has a lot of determination. He has a lot of focus, and we realized that we'd never be like him, but we really didn't want to be like him. We just knew that his faith carries him just like my faith carries me there you go dean how do you look at a runner someone like gay oh i'm so impressed with with folks that here's what i know about running running is not easy and it doesn't matter where you are but running is is not an easy endeavor um it may but it's probably easier for me than it is for them so i may be motivated to, to get out there and run for completely different reasons from a racing standpoint maybe but I think about when I, if I run a marathon, it takes me about three hours to complete the marathon. Um, there are a lot of folks out there. They're just trying to compl- just trying to get to the finish line, and they're out there for six hours. That is a long time, and that takes a ton more commitment than what what I give to the sport. Um, I love to see anybody trying anything and for somebody to overcome those obstacles. But, of course, being the runner that I am, I especially love to see folks like Gay who are out there just pounding the pavement, doing the best they have to, that they can. Gay, what are the benefits that you see? How has running, and since you've been with the Run for God program, how has it benefited you? Well, Ted, I will just be real honest. I've dealt with depression all my life. And with age, a serious weight problem. Running's been the best therapy that I've ever tried. I've lost over 40 pounds, and I feel so much better after each run than I ever felt before. 
What about you, Dean? What benefits would you say a runner of your caliber have over Gay when it comes to running? <laughs> there, there aren't many, Ted. I, I have a few more trophies. I have a few more trinkets. I have some things that, uh, that I can put on a shelf that get very dusty and um, are not really very useful. Um, I might have a little bit of, le- of name recognition uh, in the community from the running community, uh, but that's about it. You know, sometimes I wonder if all those tough workouts I do to try to make myself faster are worth it. You know, this is the bottom line to me. No matter how fast or how slow you are, when you run, you're making a healthy choice. Although you have to sacrifice time and comfort, it's well worth it. You can climb stairs more easily. You can sleep more soundly. Your blood pressure and your cholesterol count are lower. You're more alert. Let's face it. You're just more full of life and more fun (laughs) and let me say this i talk to people all the time that say things like i'll never be a real runner like you and that is simply not true you are a runner if you're out there and you're trying to run you're a runner Uh, i hear people who are concerned because they finished 14th and out of 18 in their age group for example and i tell them Yeah, but you beat every single person who was sitting on the couch that day. So you may have been 14 out of 18 in that that group, but you are way higher than that. Yeah, the one bodybuilding show I did to check it off my bucket list, I finished four out of five. So I didn't lose that competition as far as I'm concerned. Absolutely. What else? What about running too fast? Well, running too fast honestly can lead to injuries. Yeah. You know, if you if you just take time to enjoy running and and run easy all the time, um, you spend less time sidelined. Uh, it's it it's a good idea just to slow down and enjoy it, right, Gay? Enjoy. <laughs> well, you know it's incredibly enjoyable to finish a run and know what you just did, and understand how it's going to help you. Also. You know, running can be very social. I love getting out with my running buddies. It's a great time to catch up and do something good for ourselves at the same time. And don't forget this. Uh, if, you're, if you're a runner, you're probably an inspiration to someone. I tell folks all the time, uh, it, it may be that person that's sitting on the couch that may be looking at you. Regardless of what pace you run, they're going, you know, if he can do it, if she can do it, then maybe I can do it. Um, So you're an inspiration to somebody, whether you want to believe it or not. Don't worry about running so fast. Focus your effort on being a great mom, being great at your job. Let running be fun. You know, whether you run a five-minute mile or a 15-minute mile, it is still 5,280 feet. Just takes me a little longer to cover those 5,280 feet, Dean. (laughs) Good stuff, guys. Mitchell, what's our quote for the week? Well, this quote comes from Thomas Jefferson, of all people, and he says, Nothing can stop a man with the right mental attitude from achieving his goal. Nothing can help a man with the wrong mental attitude. Isn't that true? All right, so what about the workout of the week? What are we doing this week, Mitchell? Well, uh, Ted, as you know, we're at week eight, and all the way uh, the past seven weeks we have been walking some and we've been running some. Um, Today we take out all the walking breaks. Now, I want to talk to everybody listening to this and and especially those who are saying, I can't do that. We talked about this a little bit at the end of the show last week. Um, you can. Sure. If, if, you have, if you have followed this program, your body is ready to do this 20-minute run. Um, everything in your head might be saying, I can't do this, I can't do this. We only ran eight minutes last week. Let me remind you that you ran 16 minutes. Totally. You just had a four-minute break. 
Yeah. All we're doing is taking away that four-minute break. Um, we see it over and over at, at classes that we do, and we hear it from other classes around the country. This, this run is almost bigger than the 5K. Uh, we see just as many tears in this run because this is the moment when people realize, I'm a runner. Um, I, I, I bet if we ask Gay, the, the night she did her first 20-minute run, I remember tears. Mm-hmm. She realized, Absolutely. yes, I'm a runner. Um, so I want to encourage everybody listening. Yes, do your five-minute warm-up walk. Start that 20-minute jog. Start it slow. Don't, don't, don't go out guns a-blazing. Start it slow and make it your goal just to jog continuously for 20 minutes and then do your five-minute walk. And um, I have no doubt that you're going to feel so encouraged when you finish this run. You know, if I can do it, you can do it. Trust me. I heard this quote several years ago, and, you know, I've taken it to heart ever since. I don't run to add days to my life. I run to add life to my days. Today's a real special day. So let's get out there and let's make it done. Become the runner that God's created you to be today. Next podcast coming up. Week number nine will be next. We're getting closer to that 5K challenge. You've been listening to the Run For God podcast. To find out more, visit runforgod.com.